Hi, my name is Janelle Riley. I'm an editor at Variety, and I'm so thrilled to welcome you to this Q&A with Schmigadoon. Please join me in welcoming today's guests. We have creator showrunner Cinco Paul. We have producer, and she stars as Melissa, Cecily Strong. The actor who plays Doc Lopez, Jaime Camille. The actor who portrays Betsy McDonough, Dove Cameron. Hi, baby. Uh, <laughs> the terrifying Mildred Layton. Please welcome Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> the actor who portrays Emma Tate, Ariana DeBose. She plays Florence Menlove, the best named character in the show, and Harada. <laughs> and of course, Countess Gabrielle Jane Krakowski. Thank you all so much for being here. Yeah. This is this is such a great show. It's I know it's a parrot of iconic musicals, but it's also legitimately a great musical with great mm -hmm. characters. Um, before we get into the show, I actually want to ask each of you, what was sort of your, your first musical, the, the gateway musical that made you fall in love with the genre, whether it was something you were actually acting in or something you just saw on stage? Mm -hmm. And let's start with Cecily, because she looks like she has an answer. Uh, well, I know Cinco's answer. Um, you do? I do. I'm sorry. This is everyone else's answer. <laughs> yes, I'll I'll give Cinco. Cinco, you give Jobs. Um, I think the first I saw, my grandma used to um, introduce me to movie musicals, and she. I think the first one I saw was Oliver, which of course I loved. But I think the one I was most in love with first was South Pacific. Oh yeah. And I really, I thought the the mute girl was so i wanted to be her really <laughs> cuz she was pretty <laughs> and i had a crush on lieutenant joe cable but i uh, i talk okay. a lot i didn't end up being that kind of um, female character Cinco, <laughs> what about for you well i mean it's a couple of i saw oliver very early on which I fell in love with. And then Singing in the Rain, you know, mm. I, I uh, saw early on and I saw Donald O'Connor do Make Him Laugh and I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And so yeah. that's where it started. And also my mom played these cast recordings constantly. So it's Camelot, South Pacific, Guys and Dolls, just fell in love at a very early age. I was a very odd child. <laughs> No, this sounds completely normal to me, actually. I love it. And you've totally grown out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jane, what about for you? Uh, well, I grew up uh, with my parents' passion and, and interest was in community theater. So I grew up around a community theater. So I was influenced by all the musicals my parents were doing as the their hobby and their love. Um, Oliver is one of my first ones and the first boy I ever kissed during Spin the Bottle played Oliver. I fell in love with the guy who played Jesus. So that complicated things for me. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but I'd say in the, in the Broadway theater world, when I first started coming to see musicals, um, it was the original cast of Chicago. Yeah. And I remember watching Gwen Verdon and Cheetah Rivera up there with the amazing Jerry Orbach as well. And just mm -hmm. my mouth being on the floor and going, I want to do what they're doing. I just love that they were strong, sexy females. They were quirky, but they were the leads. There was just so much in it that 
inspired me and always made me want to uh, do this and be that sort of that kind of heroine, that kind of woman. That's so cool. Forgive me for not knowing, but have you ever done Chicago? I have not. It seems like a no brainer. Maybe one day. Sure does. It sure does. Maybe one day. <laughs> I'll be your Billy. <laughs> the movie girl, the movie. <laughs> Ariana, for you. Oh, um, <clears throat> it's really bad that my answer is not West Side Story. Um, <laughs> first, <laughs> hey, um, no, I think I really fell in love with musicals. It's the bandwagon, Sid mm. Charisse and uh, Red Astaire. Yeah, that was really what got me. And then the first musical, actually, I think it was the second musical I ever saw on Broadway was Aida. And I re- I loved the music. My God, Elton John, whew, did his thing with that. But I really wanted to be Amneris. Um, everybody was like, you'd be a great Aida. And I was like, nope, nope, definitely not. <laughs> a little too serious. Um, I really wanted to be Amneris. That has yet to come to pass. And you know what? I think that might be okay. But uh, yeah, those were my, my inspirations. I did make peace with it. Also, Sound of Music, which tracks for our show. Mm -hmm. Jaime, what about for you? Oh, well, I come from a small town called Mexico City. So we (laughs) did not have the big musicals playing there. They came much after. But I remember watching a show called El Diluvio Que Viene after Mm. after the the the, the lush the diluge how do you say the rain the big rain coming and everybody oh deluge Deluge. Deluge. thank you after the deluge exactly and Mm -hmm. um i watched this play which is originally from italy and it's a beautiful beautiful play about god calling a priest telling him that he's going to send another like he's going to flood everything because no one is behaving and i saw that play in mexico and i exactly just like jane i was like i want to do that i want to be on top Mm -hmm. of what they're doing and, and doing that so it was el diluvio que viene that was for me and and for you well i guess the first movie i remember really caring about was um the wizard of oz and i also remember um that was the first time i ever heard a song was like i've got to learn how to sing that song which was over the rainbow and keep in mind kids we did not have the internet so i had to go to the library and look up the words yes um (laughs) and learn it like that um and uh, I just feel like certainly of the of the golden age canon, Oklahoma is my favorite musical. I remember mm. watching the movie and I remember seeing it on stage because we did it several times. I mean, they did it in our community theater, you know, several times. And I, I just love it. I just think there's something so pure about that show. Um, and I, my goal is to play Aunt Eller someday. And I hope that I will. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that. <laughs> Dove, what about for you? Um, I was really lucky. My mom was really passionate about uh, musical theater when I was growing up and she would travel a lot for her work. And so she would always come back with, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, where's my present? And me still, me still. Um, <laughs> mom would come back with um, whatever was like the new current show that was like the big hit show and it so it started I started out on rent when I was like two years old you know um, (laughs) dressing up in my mom's clothes and 
singing uh, things that a two-year-old shouldn't be singing. And, <laughs> and then of course it was obviously wicked. Um, mm. But I also feel I was really my, I was raised on also like the, the VHS Jesus Christ superstar. Um, also, also when Netflix was just a DVD delivery service, I remember mm. very, very big impression on me was the David Hasselhoff version of Jekyll and Hyde. That was when I fell in love with the character of, of Lucy, which was one of my dream roles since I was like eight years old or something. I remember watching, um, I remember watching Linda Etter do that role um, and then becoming obsessed with her and watching her do Man of La Mancha and, uh, and everything like that. Lucy's still one of my dream roles. Um, but I would say my, my all time like favorite musical ever uh, is The Light in the Piazza. And I was oh. lucky enough to be- <laughs> Which you did. Do that. She was amazing, she was amazing. <laughs> I just I think we intended this question to be such a timestamp on all of us. Yes, I was also doing the math when she said she listened to Rent It too. I was like, Kristen, for you? The hills are alive with a sound of I saw that and I knew that I wanted, because I had this kind of mature voice, not in my speaking, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> my singing and my parents are engineers and we're like, what do we do with this child? And then the first show I ever, so that's really what inspired me to want to sing like that. And then of course, the first show that really, really stuck with me, and Jane, I can't believe you didn't say this show, um, A Chorus Line. Um, I, I was cast inappropriately as um, uh, Val boobs, but I was only 16. I didn't have any boobs. Uh, I, uh, and we were in Oklahoma, so we did boobs and butt. It was boobs and butt. And that happened. That actually happened. But um, yeah, those are probably two of my favorites. I also do love the complexity of, of the musical Gypsy between mother and daughters. Mm. Me too. My high school strippers. And we, we had to change it to DNA. Yeah. My high school did this and that. Mine too. This and that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how they changed it. Yeah. yeah. It was I, like, I thought mine was boobs and butt. That's pretty that bad. Was too much for our school. Yeah. How did you have that many people in your high school who could dance? <laughs> we couldn't. Oh, we didn't. We couldn't. <laughs> I didn't pay big good. money to see that, Cinco. <laughs> the first line was like Star Wars for me. Like, you know, it says how many times they saw Star Wars when it came out. Like, that's what it was like. Chorus line was my Star Wars. I saw it nine times. Great show. And, and I, I, I love, like I said, not only is Schmigadoon parody in these great musicals, it's a really good story. It's a really great musical in and of itself. Cinco, I understand you wrote all the songs in addition to being showrunner and co-creator. Where did this even begin? Is this something you've been wanting to do for a while? Yeah, it's actually an idea that's about 25 years <laughs> old. And, uh, but I didn't know what to do with it, you know? So I sat on it for a long time because I didn't know, is it a movie? Is it a stage? You know, what is this? And then finally because the TV, television landscape had changed, 
And I was ready to do new things, leave animation. I considered TV and, and it seemed like the sort of the perfect place for it. And thank heavens, Apple <laughs> decided that they, they wanted to make it because it's, it's a pretty crazy idea, but uh, it really was a hundred percent a dream come true. Finally getting to, to make this show. It's, it's crazy that we all got to do it. I mean, did you ever imagine when you, when you started out that you would have a cast like this? with all these Tony winners and Oscar winners and Emmy winners. Never in a million years, yeah, ever. In, in my wildest <laughs> dreams, maybe, in my, fan, which I have, you know, I tend to have elaborate fantasies about stuff like this. So I fantasize about it, but yeah, it, every time we got someone else signing on, it was just, I can't believe we're getting this person. Like, how is this happening? It was, it was a, amazing. I, I actually thought it was a dream cast. When Cinco tells me this is going to be playing in this and this, and I'm like, oh, well, this is your dream cast. This is who you would <laughs> want in your wildest dream to work with. And he was like, no, they're actually confirmed. And then I fainted a little. Cecily, <laughs> <laughs> um, you also serve as a producer on this show. Yes, I'm she does. <laughs> How did the project come to you? Did it come to you as an actor, a producer first? Or it, it's so great to get to hear you sing Interrupted. Uninterrupted, sorry. <laughs> wow. There it is. There's the truth. You wanted me to please you wanted me to play Liette too. Um I, I guess Cinco, I think it came to me as both, sort of because it was early yeah. on. Um, and I assumed it would never get made like everything else that never gets <laughs> made that you like. Um so I, I mean we 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 were kind of, we talked about it for a couple of years before we ever, I mean, it really, it's like, it still is a bit unreal, um, you know, especially because of the timing and getting this cast. Mm -hmm. And it's like, everybody went to Vancouver, and, um, which was sort of a, a magical trip that was it's like, was that a dream? Um, but so I think uh, early on I was, if I was going to be in it, I, I'm going to talk about it enough that they may as well call me producer. I'm going to argue with them enough. It's just better if you let me be a producer. <laughs> Put that by my name. Kristen, for you, how did the project find its way to you? And what interested you specifically in the role of Mildred? Oh, well, I had read it like a year before and I was unable to do They had done a reading and I was I had a family issue and I couldn't do it. But I knew um, how I decide to take a part is I know if I if I sit at home and I watch somebody else do it, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I thought, I'm going to be mad if I see somebody else do that part. And um, I was sort of drawn to being able to play, look, not just play, I've played many villains, I just haven't been able to uh, look like a villain. Um, and so I got to have the crazy, maniacal Joker lips and the hair and also, the challenge of it was the was Cinco's song tribulate. I mean, mm -hmm. they've all heard it. So you know, you all know that it, it's 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 long. It's wordy. It it was done in one take, and that is was a challenge to me. And every like everybody on this on this video right here, we're all looking for ways to continue to push ourselves and make ourselves better and challenge ourselves. And I knew that that would that would that i'm i'm t i'm talking personally and then i read it and i also uh, was so happy that 
that Cecily and um, Keegan were the heart of it because it wouldn't have worked otherwise. It, that is the two key players that had to be the heart. Otherwise, they're, the wackiness doesn't work. And they're wacky too, but <clears throat> they're, they earn it in a way that the mm -hmm. rest of us can just... So it, it just all... And then I heard the music and I just was like, this is a no-brainer. I like... This is a no-brainer. I have to be... I have to be in it. How many takes did you do of Tribulation? Because it's it's a full musical number, and like you said, one shot. Um, well, it's done in one, but I think did we do it twice or three times? I think it was I think it was third times the charm was how it worked. Yeah, and we had scheduled the whole day, by the way, and we were done by noon, so that was a that was a good. I needed to go to Thanksgiving. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Only three times. You didn't want to do it again for safety or. <laughs> when, when the boss says you've got it, I, I don't know how everybody else feels, but. Okay. A small, a small, a small parenthesis here. Uh, she nailed it at the table read. Yeah, she way. did. I remember that. I remember that. Thank you. Yeah. With full choreography, probably at the table read. <laughs> yeah, she was on well, the there table. Was some I was like, standing. You don't have to yeah. do that. <laughs> there might have been some standing. It was, it, was a real joy. it was a real joy to play such a miserable racist <laughs> and also what made her who she was and i've said this to dove before i always be and i don't know if cinco had this in mind when he wrote it but i always thought mildred used to be dove's character yes yes what made her so mean that and upset and angry and mad and and then, of course, when you look into Cecily's eyes going, basically, you're forgiven and you are an asshole, but we love you. And you just go, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we all cried the whole time, I think. <laughs> Everybody. All of us. Tears, yeah. Dove, what about for you? What was it like not only to get to work on this project and, and play the role of Betsy, but to have people like Kristen Chenoweth saying to you, you know, I see you in me. <laughs> Well, I've had the great pleasure of knowing Kristen for almost a decade now or something crazy like that. Um, so, it's 10 years, baby. <laughs> has it really been 10 years? That's wacky. Oh. Um, but, I, but I've had the great, great pleasure of working with Kristen quite a bit. And so this was just another phenomenal experience of like, you know, feeling like I had family there. And, and what we were doing was such an incredible feat, honestly. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it was kind of, I was nerve wracked every day because, well, because it was like, we weren't able to all be in the same room, usually ever. Um, and we, I, I kind of like had the feeling that we were all on the same page with what tone we were going to strike. But, you know, you don't always get to kind of have those conversations before you start filming a project. And one as specific as this, quite easy to be on different pages with like sort of the what kind of comedy you're going to be doing and how much realism you're going to be introducing to it and what's the balance between those two things and how absurd are we really going you know and and then to be acting against a tennis ball sometimes and never be in the same room as like you know our incredible um our incredible chorus it was just it was a bit of like a it was a big kind of a trust practice um and the fact that we had Cinco um, and Barry and such an incredible dream cast with us really was what made it um, like I, I, I had it in the back of my mind, but I was also very like there was a magic surrounding the whole thing. Yeah. So really coming to work every day was was quite surreal and 
and quite magic, especially um, walking into those, you know, those real life practical sets and seeing these dreamy performers across from you. It was really, really um, moving, really wonderful. I mean, speaking of dreamy performers, I, I have to ask Anne about working with Alan Cumming because I'm weirdly rooting for this couple. And you're seeing together. Their relationship is so sweet. end up together, Janelle. It's it's not going to happen. Wow. Hold up. Spoiler. But good friends. But good friends. Very close. Yeah. No, the thing about it is, too, it's like, in a way, it's you look at that relationship and you go, you know, a few years ago, that could have been me. Right, like <laughs> way before, you know, it was people were out openly and it was totally cool. I mean, do you not feel like, I mean, Cecily knows, it's like, you know, you've dated your share of gay guys, right? Like, you've all been there. And it's like, what if it had sort of been a, what if I'd been I had gone up at time and married my best friend? That's exactly what would have happened. Mm. Um, you know, so I just sort of feel like this is a relationship that makes perfect sense, sort of you know, from the get-go, it's just that it's good that he found somebody, you know, better. <laughs> and it's good that now I'm free to find somebody better for me. Exactly. But I, I do think that, like, that whole thing about, you know, caring about somebody and loving somebody is totally, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I think it's completely believable. Let's put it like that. Um, as for working with Alan, which I guess was the original question is, well, you know what an asshole he is. He's... <laughs> <laughs> He's only the loveliest man in the world. He is truly, truly delightful and charming and all of those things. Plus he has that adorable accent. Here's the Mm -hmm. annoying thing about Alan. No matter what kind of story you want to tell, like you think you've been somewhere or done something fancy, he's already been there and done that. So there's like no beating him. Do you know what I mean? You could be like, I met, you know, I don't know. Wait. Yesterday, to be like, we had sex in the airplane. You know, he's always going to talk to you. There's no, you know what I mean? So that's the annoying thing about Alan. Don't you think? Other than that, heaven. Speaking of terrible people, um, Ariana, you have to share your scenes with Keegan Michael Key, uh, the majority of him. Absolute dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to say, like, just in addition to being one of the nicest people alive, like, you guys have great chemistry. I'm a little bit Team Emma. Sorry, Cecily. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I appreciate that. I'm Team Doc too. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Um, now, uh, there was you know the craziest thing about this was like one of the things that attracted me to the project was uh, seeing Cecily and Keegan's names on it because anything Cecily's a part of, I'm like, sign me up. And uh, having done the prom with Keegan, uh, that was a very different setup to get my drift. So, you know, I went from playing 17 to playing an adult. And I was like, oh, I would share scenes with this man now. Um, Why not? Sounds like fun. Um, And he's such a giving actor. He's in addition to being like the mayor of Schmigadoon. Cause it did sort of feel like that. Like he was just, we all laughed anyways, but I feel like he was the first to be like, yo, I found this YouTube video, check it out. Free booba baby. He's just great. Um, but in addition to that, he was an incredibly giving actor and he just like in ways I didn't realize pushed me to be a better actor as well. Um, and I don't know, it was just like such a nice, 
challenge and experience to play scenes with someone who is so known for his comedic skill set, but he has such depth and gravitas to to his work um, and real nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorite scenes that he played in, in Tringa Dune were with my son. Um, like, talk about a talent, there's another talent, but to yeah. see um, mm-hmm. Keegan work with him, it was really something special. I think it, he's, I can't say enough about how much I really like Keegan. <laughs> Good. I didn't even think about the fact he was the teacher in the prom. And now you're yeah. the teacher. Well, you know, unfortunately, I pointed that out for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that might come back to bite me in. It's called range. It's called range. It's called range, darling. Um, no, but you know, uh, we we were joking on set one day because I was like, you know, aside from Cecily and I, like, who was your last dance partner, Keegan? He was like, oh, Meryl Streep, and I was like, cool, 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 cool. everything's fine. Like, how do I measure up? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I it, it was nice to see how much growth. You know, because he he had done a pro. I know Keegan had done a project in between coming to do Schmigadoon and having wrapped the prom. And I don't know, it was just so interesting to see how time passes between two actors and then see where they're coming from in in this new space on this new project and what's their approach here. It was a really beautiful human experience to to share with him. Uh, And Jaime, I wanted to ask you about Doc Lopez because I did not think I would fall in love with this guy when the show first starts. He's so terrible. Um, And I love his arc and I love uh, his scenes. uh, Sorry, his his scenes with Melissa, Cecily. Um, What was it like to get to play someone who who kind of starts off just so insufferable? It's it was a very fun character, to be honest. Super fun. I love I love, you know, his arc. But what Ariana was saying, it's really true. Like, for some reason, we were in Vancouver for 75 days and we couldn't mingle with each other as we wanted because of the cross-contamination yeah. and the COVID. But for some reason, magic was all around this project and all around us as individuals and as professionals. We sincerely developed a, a, a sincere love and friendship within each other and without seeing us often as we have would have wanted to because we right. we couldn't right so um it was it was um like, like ariana was saying generosity all around when you work with this group of people that are so beyond freaking talented like beyond talented and and then at the same time they're so generous and they're so giving and and, and they're always thinking about what they can do to make the experience of their fellow actor better. And mm-hmm. just that makes it a very, very special, uh, special project, like experience to, to be around. But Cecily, I love this project for Cecily special. And I have said this many times to her face and in public <laughs> and whatever. Cecily is extremely, extremely, anno- no, she's extremely, wow. extremely, talented and and yeah. and even though she's brilliant on snl because she is i think that what this project uh shows is how incredibly the range that she has and how incredibly talented she is and how beautiful she sings and how incredibly emotional she is when it comes to certain scenes so i love this project and and of course sharing the stage w- with her was a complete privilege yeah. but it was 
it's uh, this is what I love about this project the most. We can all have fun. We all love each other deeply. I'm a little, you know, not very happy about the fact that I had one scene with Jane Krakowski, or, or that's just just that's completely unacceptable. Um, but uh, Cinco, are you listening, Cinco? Yes, Cinco, are you? He said I'm notes? taking notes. Thank you. Yeah. But but it was it was nice. It was a fun project, and in a, in a way, I don't know if my if my friends, fellow actors, agree that you know, in a way, every Shmigadunian was like a little mirror of the of some of the personalities flaws that that Keegan and Cecily had. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I love it when my character goes to Cecily. I'm ready to be whoever you want me to be and act however you want me to act. And whoa, Cecily goes like, "Oh shit! I, yes, maybe I'm asking that from Josh, right?" <laughs> so I love that little mirror that all the Shmigadunians mm-hmm. have with Keegan, which is also a lovely human being, and, and Cecily. But um, but Cecily, you are freaking brilliant, like brilliant, yes, you beyond are. brilliant. Yes, you could see why it was easy to to fake fall in love with everybody. <laughs> I mean, you, well, you only get a day. So exactly. like you meet them for a day and then you got to film it. So yeah. we were lucky. I could fall in love with all of you in a day, I think. <laughs> Even Jane's character? Even, ja- yeah. Especially yeah. Jane's character. Yeah. You see what she did in that car? Oh my God. I said, I'm leg up, to on the side of the road. She showed up like, wait, what are we doing? Where is everyone? And then just got in that tiny car. And did that big number. No hands, just like legs. Yeah. No hands. Legs. I we love really it. all get to meet very much. I mean, we talk through plastic shields and... I think so. I think a lot of the magic too is that we made this at a time where we were able to make musical theater when there was no musical theater in the world. Mm-hmm. All theater was shut down at the time. And I think that was one of the passions of the project that brought this amazing group of people together. And also mm-hmm. how smart and clever the scripts were on Cinco's behalf. Cinco really knows and loves musical theater. Sure. Yes. And, and, it's, there's yeah. a deep knowledge. You have to know the projects and the music that he's referencing so well yeah. to nail it as he did, to give it an honoring and a love, but also have the joke in there. Um, and I think that's a, an, another, Cinco's love for the project in musical theater is a reason we all love it and signed on too. Because I think it comes through in every word and everything that he writes um, in, in the show. And I also, I just, I felt so in love with Cecily and, and Keegan's characters because I don't think you can do Shmigadoon without that. I think yeah. you needed, the, that's what made it modern to me. You needed the common day voices of the guy that doesn't like musical theater or that is not a crazy mm-hmm. fan. And having Cecily be a fan on sort of that modern borderline that, you know, she knew what everything was so she could fully experience it. But they were more of the the outsider of the world coming in with the sense of, with the modern day sense of humor, which... I think just put that so over the cleverness top for me that I just loved so much. And Jane, wherever you go, whatever you're a part of, it's always an amazing ensemble. I don't know if there's a secret to <laughs> constantly being in these flawless ensembles. Um, it's maybe her. your thing. It's in her contract. Who doesn't want to work with Jane Krakowski? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So sweet. And if you have Jane Krakowski, you Jane Krakowski. <laughs> Yes, put her leg over her head. You know what's? Why not have her use her, please? Yes, sweet. I mean, that's what I. Everybody, it's been very nice about Keegan and I, but really, again, it's you guys all showed up with just 
the little amount of rehearsal time we got with each other is really kind of shocking for the performances. I mean, the performances, no matter what, if everybody had a year to rehearse, those songs that you guys all did, your songs were so incredible. And to, but just to know that they had no time to rehearse these on camera and really it was showing up and doing it that day and sort of, so Keegan and I got to be ourselves, just heightened versions of ourselves kind of, but you guys showed up and brought those performances in a day and I'll just be forever blown away by all of you. And I think it's important to point out, you know, I don't think everybody knows this, like with, a, with very few exceptions, everybody was singing live on set. Yeah. Like that was all, th those were live performances recorded and you can only do that when you have people like this. And they were, everybody was so consistent. I was, I was blown away that like, that like, you know, multiple takes and just like, there were never, we'd never have to redo takes because there were sour notes or anything like that. You know, it was just like, these people are pros and so good. And so to me, it's a whole other level. Like it's one thing to come and be funny and, and be dramatic and emotional, but then to, to add singing and dancing to all that, it's, uh, it's insane that the, the respect and admiration I have for this cast knows no bounds. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm curious because you, you do have to balance these tones because there are very real stakes. There's very catchy yeah. numbers, but it's also, you know, a parody. Um, where did you sort of find the balance for those tones? Was it was it in the writing, the performances? Sometimes it's in the editing room. Yeah, I mean, I think that was something that we we talked about all the way through. You know, I, we wanted to make sure that all that no, this is not a spoof. These are not cartoon characters, none of them. They all had to be real. And, and I think that's what everybody brought to it. But there are also moments, I think suddenly that song at the end, uh, end of 204 is like a real pivotal moment in the show when I think this show that's making fun of musicals suddenly just wholeheartedly becomes one. You know, that's yeah. like a real genuine, that's not a joke song. You know, there are no jokes in that song. It's just like a real hopefully, you know, beautiful love song and, and Ariana and, and Jaime delivered it so, so beautifully. Um, mm. But that was sort of the, the turning point when it's like, oh, this is a funny show about being in a musical. And then, oh, wait, is this a, this is a real musical? And then we sort you know, totally went for it at the end, of course, when, when Keegan gives in and then everybody sings that very earnest final song. Yeah. Was it ever challenging for the actors? I'm curious to sort of find that balance between, I mean, in some, to some degree, you want to be a little over the top. I don't think over the top is a bad thing, but you also have to keep everything so real. I mean, I, mean, I, I can speak to that really quick. That, that was the, the biggest challenge for, for me, but I'm also related to someone that's like Mildred, so I actually know that that's real. So, there's a fine line to walk and i think each of us here mm -hmm. um know that line mm -hmm. and you know it, it's it's authentic it's yeah. authentic and and it's authentic because of cinco like jane said but eventually you it's you've got to take it and it's got to be that authentic and it might not be for everyone but like my brother mark chenoweth is is Keegan, and he said, "I'm not gonna watch Megan Dune, Okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna go for it. I thought you're 
here at Traviata and I'm not known Schmuckadoon. I said, okay. <laughs> and we watched, watched Schmuckadoon. He calls me up and goes, uh, well, you know, I liked it. <laughs> I, think, I said, well, did it seem fake to you or something? And he said, no, it seemed just real. It seemed the pun. Mm-hmm. He, said, he said, and, you know, of course, Keegan and Cecily, really, those were the roles that, sp- that got him into the show. So, I don't know. So, your brother is a fan of musical? I'm, I'm sorry. Me coming from this crazy universe, from Jane the Virgin, for example, that we are living this crazy universe, I think that the, the trick for all of us as actors is to approach the characters with sincerity and honesty, regardless of if they live in a ridiculous universe or if they live in this parallel universe of what the hell is going on there. Like, I don't know. But I think we all, as, as fellow actors, just gave in to the characters with sincerity and honesty and truly believing that we were we were Schmigadunias and we live in this town. And if you don't get us, that's your problem. But we are sincerely living here in this moment. And I think that's that's the difference when you approach yeah. comedy not as uh, not clowningishly, right? Or <laughs> but with but with honesty and sincerity, and I think that made the difference. Uh, all of us, I think we well. To did me, that this in. is just being in a musical. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because that's really how we act in a musical. Is like we mm-hmm. have to be real, or nobody cares about us. We have to believe what we say and what we sing and what we do because that's we're actors and we have else nobody will believe our characters. But it's heightened because we're in yeah. a musical and we know that at any moment we're gonna have to take a deep breath and get through a whole line of singing without taking a breath. Now <laughs> it's like, you know, this to me is why it's great to have musical performers in this show because you understand that line. You understand how you have gotta like be real and yet big enough. Mm-hmm to sell these songs. And I just think that's what's so beautiful about it. I mean, I know that people have said to my face, I'm not watching Schmigadoon because I heard, you know, it's like making fun of musicals. I'm like, I'm like, are you insane? Do you think I would be in a thing that made fun of musicals? It's a love letter to our composers. That's what to I his- said. I was like, yeah. you have got to be kidding me. I was like, and do mm-hmm. you think all of my fellow castmates would be in something that was insulting to musicals? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, stop right now. Just quit it. Uh, you don't have to watch it. You know, we don't have to be friends. But <laughs> you cannot say that it's insulting to musicals. I'm sorry, I've got to say this, but it also makes, like, you always wonder, does the Baroness and Pisana music, isn't she just a little pissed? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and isn't, is, I've played, I did the movie of, of Music Man. Is Winthrop her son? You know, <laughs> and I just love that Cinco didn't, wasn't a hat on a hat, but they were just the questions of, you know, and corn pudding, you know, is that the farmer's daughter or is it, you know, know, his wife, you know, I don't know. I just, I love, I just loved what he did. So it's so smart. It's such a great show. I really want you guys to open a theme park so we can go to the real (laughs) schmigadoon. Um, I'm shocked to hear that Kristen Chenoweth's brother doesn't like musicals. <laughs> I try to tell him who I am. He don't care. 
Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, he he's dead to all of us. Thank you, Jaime. Thank you. Again, congratulations on such a fantastic series. Thank you so so much for being here. Ah, oh, thanks for thanks having me. Thanks, Janelle.